Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores, <laughs> trying to give you a Traeger grill, uh, <laughs> bring you Garage Logic Podcast number 840, April 28th, 2022. 91 degrees was the high on this day. That was in 2004. And it was 26 degrees on three occasions, 1907, 1958, and 1965. We're nearing the end of ice outs, but Minnetonka had ice out today in 1893, Woo! 1951, and 1975. And White Bear came in with an ice out on this day in 1975. These ice out dates are brought to you by Aquaside. They've been keeping your beachfront free of weeds and algae for more than 60 years with the products they make right there in White Bear Lake Company. They take care of everything from weeds to algae. The products are really easy to use. Begin working right away. Here's how easy they are to use. I've done it. You've done it? And I've done it. So that's, well, then it's super easy. Aquaside is registered with both the EPA and DNR, and the products are safe for you and your family. There's no need to let weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer in the increasingly unlikely event any kid will ever actually get to go swimming. <laughs> Call Aquaside. They'll help you identify your weed problem and make sure your place looks great all summer long. Call Aquaside at 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king. Fireworks Commissioner and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. Just to finish my daily duty that I perform in in service of denying climate change, mm-hmm. the way the government means it, I certainly don't deny that the climate changes. Uh, the local Fox 9 had the seven coldest Aprils on record because they've been getting a lot of calls saying, this must be the worst April on record. Worst. Uh, 1874, average April temperature, 35.8 degrees. I actually saw Cody Matz do this story this morning yeah. live. This is a Cody, uh, is that his name? Yep. C- Cody story. Uh, 1950, 36.9. 1907, 37 degrees. 2018, 37.6. 1875, 38.4. 1961, 38.5. And this year so far, 40.1. I only offer this as another indication of not much has changed. No, mm-hmm. It's another example of the miraculous and cyclical nature of Mother Nature. Same with the ice outs, which is why I do them. Same with the records, which is why I do them. I think they're important. Yeah. Research and development. We finished yesterday's show with a, just the depressing news that the, oh, uh, God. that the killer of Lily Peters had been found and turns out to be a 14-year-old. I, I don't... I really would like to do some more homework on the resources of the Daily Mail based in London. For what reason? On stories like this, they invariably have more information than any local newspaper. How do they do it? That's what you'd like to know. Chilling Reddit post describing girl in a pink-purple hoodie on her bike with another kid that may have helped cops crack Lily Peters' case emerges as cousin, 14, appears in court, charged with murder. Mm. And everyone in Chippewa Falls, given the, given the fact that it's a cousin and it's a relatively small town, they, they know his name. And I do, too. But because it hasn't been released, You're gonna it serves me no yep. will to, to announce it. 
uh, a chilling Reddit post may have helped police catch the alleged killer of the girl who was strangled to death and sexually assaulted. Police in Wisconsin found the body of Lily Peters, 10, after a 12-hour search in the woodlands near Chippewa Falls, northeast of Eau Claire. The fourth grader's 14-year-old cousin, named only by his initials, has been charged with murder. District Attorney Wade Newell, I don't want to tell you how he killed her. You all know that. Cops may have only realized Lily's cousin could have been involved in her death after a Reddit user. What is Reddit, please? Reddit is a... um, Instagram type thing? Yeah, it's uh, social media. Well, what's its niche in the world of social media? I don't use Reddit, so I'm not uh, you, Chris? I'm not familiar. I do not, but I'll get you the official description. Cosh may have only realized Lily's cousin, Lily's cousin could have been involved in her death after a Reddit user said they saw that girl in a pink-purple hoodie on her bike with another kid. The Reddit user said, What's scary is I was playing Pokemon Go in the park that day, walking along that very same trail. Mm. My stomach turns when I think I saw that girl in a pink-purple hoodie on her bike with another kid on my way out of the park. I have a suspicion that it could be another, it could be the other kid that did it. Another user said they had called the police tip line and informed them about the comment. On Tuesday, the same day as the original post appeared, cops announced they had arrested a suspect. The 14-year-old was charged with first-degree intentional homicide, first-degree sexual assault, and first-degree sexual assault of a child under age 13, resulting in great bodily harm. Mm. Despite defense objections, Judge Benjamin Lane set bond at a million dollars and banned the boy from any contact with minors. Lily 10 vanished on Sunday evening in Chippewa Falls after an afternoon spent with her aunt, Lori Davis, 45, and her boyfriend, John Rapetto, 50. Her father, Alex Peters, 43, reported Lily as missing when she failed to return home at around 9. Cops launched a desperate search for the Parkview Elementary School pupil and found her bicycle on a hiking trail behind her aunt's house. Her body was found on Monday at 9.15 a.m. in a wooded area just off a footpath and less than a half mile from the home she shared with her father, Alex, mother, Jennifer, and brother, Dylan. Her alleged killer, known as CPB, appeared via a Zoom link with his attorneys from juvenile detention. Dressed in a black sweater, he sat silently as the court heard how he told police his intention was to break and kill the victim from the get-go as he left the house and walked down the street with her. Taunting. Lily's uh, disappearance and murder has shocked the Chippewa Falls community of around 30,000 people. Uh, People living in the area told the Daily Mail that the 10-year-old was regularly seen riding her bike around town. Uh, and then there's a, now a display of purple balloons on bridges. Uh, a security guard watching over the display said she instantly recognized Lily when she was declared missing because she often saw her cycling along the path. So there's evil in the world. Yes, there is. John. I don't think there's any other way to describe it. Nope, yeah. There's just evil in the world. The Daily Mail, I just looked it up. They have a more updated story yeah. with more information. Yeah. I don't know how deeply we want to talk about this. Uh, but the uh, 14-year-old's father served three years for having uh, pornography involving children. Right. Yeah. Which would suggest uh, 
a questionable upbringing of the 14-year-old, perhaps? Mm-hmm. Would the aunt that she was visiting, was that the mother of the 14-year-old? I have no idea. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Is there anything on that, John? Not that I saw, no. Mm-hmm. Well, the <clears throat> it's a damn shame. I don't know what more we can say about it. Do you realize, where is it? I don't know where to go. I, I have so much information that... Well, every, every single aspect of this story is just, it's, it's troubling. Deeply, deeply troubling. Why in the hell am I missing a piece? Here it is. Here it is. Got her. Here it is. I got it. But before I get to this, I want to get to this. We talked yesterday about the uh, uh, sexual curriculum that's been introduced. Uh, in this case, it was schools in Skokie and Evanston, Illinois, from kindergarten through third grade, and we learned that it was a week. I'm going to call it an indoctrination. Mm-hmm. It, it was a week of uh, telling even kindergartners that their gender is fluid and they can be whatever they want to be, mm-hmm. and and it's... And then I learned today, uh, this piece is from the National Review. I did not know this. Biden claims school children don't belong to parents when they're in the classroom. Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. They don't. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, so uh, we're rotten from the top down. At the 2022 Teacher of the Year ceremony hosted by the White House yesterday, President Biden claimed that school children don't belong to parents when they're in the classroom. They're all our children. And the reason you're the teachers of the year is because you recognize that. They're not somebody else's children. They're yours when they're in the classroom. Mm-hmm. No. Later in the speech, Biden targeted Republicans and parent movements in local school districts that have fought to remove from libraries and curricula books that promote radical gender and racial ideologies. So Biden is opposed to anyone questioning such a thing because when the kids are in school, they're not your kids. B as in B. Right. There are too many politicians trying to score political points, trying to ban books, even math books. Did you ever think when you'd, uh, when you'd be teaching you're going to be worried about book burning and banning books all because it doesn't fit somebody's political agenda, Biden said? I think he's being a bit over the top there. Uh, I think it's perfectly legitimate of a parent to say, I don't want my kindergartner subjected to this BS. Right. The comment struck a similar tone of that of former Democratic gubernatorial candidate Terry McAuliffe when he made his now infamous remark last year that parents should not be involved in K-12 public education. On the campaign trail, he declared at debate, I'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually take books out and make their own decisions. I don't think parents should be teaching, uh, telling schools what they should teach. McAuliffe's then opponent, Glenn Youngkin, now governor of Virginia, countered with, you believe school children should tell children what to do? I believe parents should be in charge of their kids' education. Sen- said, since Youngkin's sweeping victory in the state, multiple Republicans have followed his model, making parental rights a major policy priority and crafting legislation along those lines. I, f- I have no trouble with that. With what? Providing parents the right to... Know everything about their child's education. Why is that even up for debate? Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis, for instance, recently signed the Parental Rights and Education Law, which prohibits instruction 
of sexual education and gender identity in kindergarten through third grade, deferring to parents to decide how and when to teach their children about such sensitive topics. And of course, the left is pill- pillorying DeSantis. They call it the Don't Say Gay Bill. The word gay is not in the bill anywhere. Right. Anywhere in the bill. It's but we'll a parental, just word it however we want it's to. It's a parental rights and education law. Who? Well, we, we got into this yesterday. What would compel anyone to think it's, and don't foghorn me because I'm going to give you an example okay. of how the word is used correctly. What would compel anyone to think it's appropriate to teach a kindergartner about sex and gender and trans and everything else. What would what what compels that? We we got it yesterday. We we're getting close to it. Kids are growing up fast enough. You don't need to rush it. The parent choice rhetoric has angered many progressives for its efficacy at the ballot box, given that it has persuaded many moderates too. So in other words, the progressives are really angry that parents are trying to have a choice in their child's education. Right. right. Last week, MSNBC host Nicole Wallace compared parental rights legislation to the war tactics of Russians. Wait a minute. Who get their soldiers to rape children by dehumanizing them. Can I please hit this? Sure. She said that on on television? Mm Mm-hmm. Similarly, American Federation of Teachers President Randy Weingarten suggested last week that these Republican-backed measures amount to propaganda and misinformation, claiming this is the way wars start. (laughs) Most Americans and Florida residents, regardless of political affiliation, support the parental rights in education law a survey has found. Isn't it amazing how they take what they're doing and they turn it around and place that label on people who want to have a say in their child's education. That propagandizing, that's exactly what they're doing. Listen to this from Tom. At this school, the principal called for a day of silence, so talking about a local school, by everyone in the school to recognize LGBTQR+. This is according to Alpha News. That's in Lakeville. Also, my fifth-grade grandson came home to tell his parents that his teacher said that the boys who consider themselves boys and have friends who consider themselves to be boys are called queer platonic. What? What? They're greasing the skids to make it easier to consider themselves gay. This is all part of the postmodernist communist dream of destroying the family with this sex obsession. Civilizations come to an end when they become obsessed with sex. Queer platonic. This is so messed up. Oh, that's up. my buddy Frank. <laughs> hey, Henry, get over here. <laughs> so anybody basically who's uh, a male, knows they're a male, doesn't mind being male, is considered a toxic male. Mm-hmm. That's toxic. Uh, so, by the all way, of us are, all of us are queer platonic, right? Queer platonic. We're all toxic males. You speak for yourself, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> um, by the way, I never got this to you. Reddit is uh, a social news aggregation, web content rating and discussion website. So well, if there's a trending topic, it's a place where people go to, to discuss it. Right. People just put a topic up. and Like uh, the will. NFL draft or, yeah. Yeah. hey, so how about, I bet there's one now. about Garage yeah. Logic. Seriously, I bet there's a... Well, uh, yeah. based on a Reddit, uh, based on these children who initially posted on Reddit, the Chippewa Falls Police Department was getting calls from as far away as Virginia. 
saying, have you seen this? Have you seen this oh, Reddit post okay, sure. from the kids in your town? Sure. Uh, because they did find the kid amazingly fast. Yeah. I can't use this person's name. Just this once, please leave my name off this. And I feel like I know the person. Okay. I was listening to today's show, meaning yesterday, as I drove back to Duluth from the Twin Cities. Lately, it seems the darkness of our world is overwhelmingly pervasive, and GL reflects that with some much-needed humor sprinkled in now and then. I cling to those rays of hope. But today's show offered a link that dare not say its name. When you were discussing the article by Christopher Rufo about the Evanston-Skokie LGBTQ transgender agenda, for pre-K third graders, you wondered what could be the motivation for destroying the innocence of children. Consider this, radical LGBTQ mysterious agenda is aggressively anti-children, as seen through its extreme views on abortion. This is a group of people who have, had, who have no regard for life of any kind, unless it's a tree or a puppy or the deer in my yard who have eaten every green thing. They have no interest in bringing children into the world, so they must use the they must use as the fodder for their diabolical agendas the children the rest of us have lovingly created. How better to cut the legs out from underneath the nuclear-functioning, sometimes traditional families they detest so much by indoctrinating their children and turning them against those same families of origin? You said you hesitated to call this evil. How can it be anything but that? I don't think I hesitated to call it evil. You went next to the gruesome and horrifying story regarding the little girl stalked, assaulted, raped, and murdered by a 14-year-old boy who Chippewa Falls police said planned this unthinkable act. This is a monstrous evil and linked to the first story at the Mephistophelian point, evil. The destruction of the children of this nation is well underway, and a 14-year-old boy did not just wake up one day and decide to commit this horror. The evil swarming about our culture is poisoning it taking our children as its tribute and salting the earth behind itself to finish the destruction it seeks. This is dark, dark stuff, and even as a person of faith, I am at a loss to know how to combat it. Almost 15 years ago, we saw the first tendrils of this diabolical queer theory pedagogy, as Rufo put it in his article, infiltrating the private school to which we had sent our kids for high school, there being no religious high school option at that time. We were ever vigilant and fought it at every turn, but the damage was done, and we now live with the loss of one of our kids to this cult. As Kenny related, once this indoctrination takes hold, there's no countering it. We live in a time when doing nothing is not an option. I am fighting for the one who has turned her back on us, and for any children my other adult kids might have someday soon. No less than our entire existence as a free people depends on all of us taking up this fight. If the past two years haven't shown us how far the mystery will go to press its advantage, to impose its twisted version of reality, to trample our rights, to violate our independence, then nothing will wake some people up to this peril. Sorry to be this dire. The two stories you ended with were stark and affected me deeply. Keep the faith. Well, what did I just do? You just read an email. What did I just tell you? Biden claims they're not your children when they're in school. My ass, they're not. That's right. That's the attitude you got to have, and you got to be vigilant. We, is he gaslighting us? I don't know what that means. I know the term gaslighting, but I always struggle to understand what it means. Slow and surely um, allowing us to believe something that we're experiencing differently. Okay. 
Well, in other words, to drive you crazy. Right. Yeah. Slow and steady. No, I just think he's a puppet of the people who believe this stuff. I don't think he knows what he's talking about. Maybe he's even being told what to say. Sorry, John. They're not your kids when they're in the classroom. Well, B as in B, S as in S. And that is the problem. There, there are way too many people that are, oh, okay, yeah, he's right. No, sorry. Well, I was going to say, isn't it ironic? For years, we wanted parents to become more involved right. in, their, in their children's school. And now we have a whole group saying, John, oh, no. You're no. right. So is this a product of, we know what we're doing. Don't worry about it. We're here to help you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I can I can make it even worse for y'all. Oh please! It's oh. Positive Thursday. <laughs> hey, God. what's the Reagan line? Uh, what's the worst? We're from the government, and we're here to help. Yeah, we don't want to hear five that. most dangerous words in the world. <laughs> yeah, nine, uh, nine, nine words. Well, whatever. How many words it is? Chris, like it's a different I, number. Was it counting on the words? <laughs> That's how you don't understand gaslight, because you think it's like a tank on your car. Before I take you down a worse road, before I take you down a worse road, I want to tell you that uh, they have to move at EcoFund. They don't have to. They're willingly and gratefully moving to a newer and bigger Because store. we've made their life miserable. They're, they're, they're going crazy. Mm-hmm. And to minimize the amount of inventory they're going to take to the new facility, which could be opening as early as May, within 10 days, two weeks, they'll let us know. Because uh, the, they say the new building is almost finished, and we need to move the inventory out of our current location right there on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. So they're having their first ever moving sale on every scooter, electric bike, ATV, and these uh, newly arrived fuel-injected gas golf carts. Mentelli B1 uh, electric bikes are on sale, step-through electric bikes, fat tire electric bikes. There's 25 different types of bikes in stock, but Kaylin Bloom... Uh, Tim's daughter has become a national expert on this, and she'll guarantee you will leave with the right fit, the right equipment, the right size, everything. Yep. Gas scooters on sale for twelve ninety nine, hundred and fifteen miles per gallon. Youth ATVs and dirt bikes in stock. Uh, those youth ATVs are equipped with wire. Most of the youth ATVs are equipped with a wireless kill switch for parents, and that nifty Crossfire two hundred fuel injected golf cart. It's cool even if it's not for golf. You take it to the cabin, you haul planks around. A little conversation piece. You haul wood around. You Mm -hmm. haul a tank of gas down to the dock. You know, it'd be fun to have one. Get a free GL t-shirt with every purchase, and you'll lighten their load when they move to the brand-new EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake. Right now, they're on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. It's Reavers here for Josh Arnold. Mr. Money Talk is what he's called around these parts. Josh has been an investment consultant since 1978. This extensive career has given him the experience needed to manage your money in both up and down markets. Josh provides independent, personalized investment planning to individuals and small businesses, including retirement plans. Josh has been doing this for quite some time, and the thing that separates him from the rest is he will always give you straight talk and never sugar-coated advice. When you invest for yourself or for your small business with Josh, you get the same straight talk that you would expect from Mr. Money Talk. You also get an investment consultant who will work proactively with you to create a strategy that fits your goals. You can also hear him at the end of Garage Logic every Tuesday and Thursday with a full report. Give him a call today for that free 48-minute financial consultation at 952-925-5608. That number once again is 952-925-5608. Or for more information, just visit his website, joshartlinvestmentconsultant.com. This guy wears many hats. 
just not indoors. Joe Souchere. This sounds like a song I really hated in the 80s. <laughs> I always, you know, this is Dylan's piece of music, and I said, you wrote perfect bumper music that would be like on production tapes. Yeah. That's what this yeah. reminds me of. Yes. Yeah. All the production yeah. music ever. So GLR Pat sent me an email this week saying he finally signed up and received his first treatment from uh, ProfessionalTurf.com. Pat had been thinking about it, and uh, I bet you've been thinking about it too, haven't you? None of us could get our cruddy yards out of our mind. Uh, I, I don't blame you, GLers. Do what Pat did and I did and Rook and John and Reavers and the Fireworks Commissioner. Log on to ProfessionalTurf.com. Make your cruddy yard their problem. Uh, ProfessionalTurf.com, they make it super easy to have a beautiful lawn all season long. You don't worry about it at all. And it's just a click away. away. You'll see results right away. Pat, the GLer who emailed He's going to be seeing uh, results from today until the snow flies. Uh, and if you're considering a, a landscape project or installing or maintaining a current sprinkler system, ProfessionalTurf.com can help you out there, too. The best lawn on the block will be yours. All you have to do is click on Professional. Hey. Uh, Reavers? No, uh, go ahead. In the back? In the back? ProfessionalTurf.com. Yeah. Your, your canned production music reminded me. It's almost <laughs> like listening to you know, somebody on Waterloo Radio down in Iowa. It's... Uh, this is Gary from 98.5. Here's uh, Tears for Fears. Come on down to the meat raffle this afternoon. Leave Tears for Fears out of it. <laughs> yeah. Stop picking Here's Men at fears, Work. Kenny. <laughs> Here's Hall and Oates, another sucky song from Hall and Oates. Wow. <laughs> Kenny throwing that hook out Leave for Hall me and, and Oates Joe, out of there, too. I'm not going to bite, John. Uh, Let's no, just ignore him. Whatever happened okay. to uh, John's house, or what was it called? Live, Live at Daryl's house. house. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It that was a great show. Uh, I'm just going to say it. That was a fun, fun show. That was. Yeah. Critics slam timing of Biden's Ministry of Truth to police the Internet for disinformation. Ooh. Mm. It's a Fox News story, but the lead is conservatives on social media slam the Biden administration. Why, why wouldn't you have just written critics on social media? There's got to be liberals that won't like this any better than I do. Conservatives on social media slammed the Biden administration after it was announced that a disinformation governance board is being established to combat disinformation in the 2022 midterms. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas testified Wednesday that a disinformation governance board had recently been, been created, days after Tesla CEO Elon Musk purchased Twitter to combat online disinfo disinformation and will be led by the Undersecretary for Policy, Rob Silver's co-chair, with Principal Deputy General Counsel Jennifer Gaskill. Hmm. So the government will determine what is true information. The government. Oh, God, it's like huh. uh, Good Morning Vietnam with the two redheads. No, it, it actually reminds me of the uh, Reich's uh, Ministry of Public Enlightenment and uh, Propaganda, go, yeah. uh, Joseph uh, Goebbels. Well, it's right out of Orwell's book. No, it's right out of Nazism, Such. Here, who's, what's this? The Reich Minister. Howard writes, George Orwell's ah, 1984 ah. is coming to life. He was prophetic. Nine. In the wake of the Musk Twitter buyout, the Biden administration is creating the Disinformation Governance Board, another name for it, the Ministry of Truth. Central government shall decide what is true, fair, and accurate. We were warned, and now it's here. If there was ever a time to push back, it's now. God help us all, Howard. And this story goes on to say, 
the goal is trying uh, the goal is to bring the resources of the uh, Department of Homeland Security together to address the threat. Mayorkas said, adding that the department is focused on the spread of disinformation in minority communities. Hmm. Missouri Senator Josh Hawley referred to the board as a disgrace and wrote a letter to DHH Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas demanding answers as to how this board will operate. Is there anything more dystopian than a disinformation governance board run by the federal government. Florida Republican congressional candidate Dr. Willie J. Montague tweeted, adding in a later tweet that the board is Orwellian. They didn't need a disinformation governance board until Musk threatened their control over the narrative. Texas Republican Governor Troy, uh, Congressman Troy Nels retweeted. the Libs spent the last week planting the seeds for the backup plan in case the Twitter deal actually happened, Republican Congresswoman Lori Boebert tweeted. Today's news of a Biden-backed disinformation governance board is dystopian. They can't afford to let the truth be anything but what they say. Biden's disinformation governance board is a real-world ministry of truth, Daily Wire reporter Megan Basham tweeted. A conservative movement that doesn't fight this with everything it has isn't worthy of the name or even the name American. Uh, Political reported that Nina Jankowitz, who previously served as disinformation fellow at the Wilson Center, will head the board as executive director. Jankowitz suggested during the 2020 presidential election that Hunter Biden's laptop, which has been verified by multiple media outlets, was a Russian influence op. Jankowitz retweeted her comment on Wednesday, claiming that she was simply live tweeting the president's debate between Biden and Trump. How do I push back against the Ministry of Truth? <laughs> you know what we need? Uh, we need a button like I have on a, my truck. Reset to factory uh, settings. <laughs> yeah, reset to factory settings. We need to go right back to the Constitution and start over again. You see where Musk, uh, Musk said he, he might buy Coca-Cola just to put the cocaine back in? <laughs> I saw a bunch of The guy of is a great character. The, the tweets from him... Or the, and the fake ones are even, are even, yeah, they're I spectacular. Joe, my fantasy is, and, and we know about guys like this. We've heard stories about guys like this. They'll walk into a showroom, uh, buy a brand new whatever, whatever's hot, uh, like a, like a sports car. They'll bring it home. They'll put it in the shed, put a cover over it, mm-hmm. never drive it. That's my fantasy with Musk and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Just buy it, <laughs> shut it down. Yeah, because yeah, one of them I saw, down. Kenny was, he, uh, it was a fake tweet from Elon, but it says, I bought Twitter. It's going. It's going off tomorrow. Go outside or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Buy it. Turn it off. <laughs> we heard from our old friend Tom Combs. He was an ER doc and he's an author of many uh, medical thrillers. Yeah, he was up for a. Uh, he said, a- "I'm one of four finalists for the Minnesota Book Award. The fourth book in my series called Insurrection, no relation to Jan Six, involves the takeover of a hospital." Uh, in Minneapolis and the threat of detonation of multiple weapons of mass destruction in the Twin Cities area. As an indie published relative unknown, I am in, uh, I am in deep waters with William Kent Kruger uh, and a successful romance author, A.B. Himmon. I don't know what that means. I think that was his competition, I think. Oh, for the nominees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have any expectations of winning, but I know that garage logicians favor underdogs. Well, I hope you have a shot. Man, 11. Uh, oh, William Kent Kruger. I mean, that's pretty good company. And he also adds, 
I've had the opportunity to catch your podcast a couple of times recently. On one of them, you mentioned the potential of utilizing an infectious disease as a bioweapon to compromise the U.S. I don't know if you've ever read the short story, 1.5 pages in 2015, that I sent you a few years back that shared just a premise for compromising the U.S. and the international community as could be executed by a Muslim or other terrorist group. It reflects the same themes you identified in your worrisome conspiracy musing. I'll attach the story again and remind you as I did when sent earlier, is that I have kept it completely confidential, if not printed it, due to the ease with which it could be carried out. Holy mackerel. Mm. Uh, while I'm writing you, uh, you want to take the opportunity to identify one positive thing about recent developments. As you know, I have followed serious disease outbreaks closely for many years. I've observed that the World Health Organization has consistently failed to adopt positions that reflect an urgent focus on protection of the world's health. I shared these observations back in 2015 when we faced the Ebola outbreak in West Africa. During the two years with the Ebola outbreak in Democratic Republic of Congo and now with the outbreak from China, the misguided or worse positions of WHO remain evident. In some of these circumstances, has the WHO varied from their boilerplate and prominently communicated recommendation that no restriction or trade or travel is recommended? Such a misguided blanket statement in each of these scenarios is inexplicable. Likewise, the soft selling of each and every outbreak and reluctance to identify any as a threat of international significance until it is at a crisis point is a failure of the mandate to protect the world's health. Uh, and then he, I can't go on to the rest. It's confidential. Uh, but it's uh, fascinating. Thank you, Tom, and good luck on the book awards. And you can find uh, Combs, C-O-M-B-S. You can find his books on Amazon. Hmm. Uh, do you want to return with our friend John Height? Sure, we can do Why that. Why don't we do that? But first, I would like to hear from our good friends at Kahuna Window, Rookie, if you could do so for us. At Kahuna Window. Well, I'll tell you what, folks. What you really need to do, first and foremost, is not climb up the ladder and clean out your gutters. And by the way, I used these guys last year. They do a fantastic job. And they're big-time GLers, too, at Kahuna Window. You did? Yes, Absolutely. Are they the big kahuna? <laughs> they are the big kahuna. They you know, can be. Sir, they're talking to people like you that should not be climbing up ladders and cleaning out your gutters. Let a professional do that. All you have to do is give them a telephone call. They are waiting for you, and again, they bring the ladders to you. That's right. Because your gutters are already there. Do me a favor. Uh, stay safe this summer. I want you to call 612-888-5248 or go to kahunawindowcleaning.com to book a cleaning. They do all sorts of stuff. House, house washing, window cleaning, gutter cleaning, roof washing. You know when you get that bad algae stuff on your roof? They will clean it off. They are professionals. So they come to you? They come to you. They bring the ladders to you. Yeah. So get that outside of your house looking sharp again. You know, Kenny, springtime is just around the corner. It's that time of year. <laughs> But they do want to legitimately. They do want to legitimately say, "GLers, stay safe. Stay, stay safe. Huh? If you are getting up on a ladder stay and you're safe. 65, 70 years old, don't do it. You could also yeah. say safe anytime you want stay while safe. they're cleaning sure. your house. Stay safe. When my listexia is done, I will finish this ad. <laughs> Once again, the bottom line: six one two eight 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 fifty two forty eight. Please get your window cleaning done by Kahuna Window Cleaning at kahunawindowcleaning.com. Tell them that the Rook sent you. Mention you're a GLer, and they'll waive the trip charge.
I'm going to surprise you here, Mike. I've got something good for you. You ready? I am, buddy. Mr. Positive, Mike Schoonover's on the hotline. Mike runs Schoonover Body Works in Glass and Shoreview, 1060 County Road E. Uh, basically, I'm talking County E, just east of Lexington, the sole sponsor of Positive uh, Tuesday here at GL. Mike, I'm going to read to you, okay? I know you love it when I read to you. You ready? <laughs> I am ready. This comes from Todd. Kenny, I've lived in Shoreview for 20 years, but it wasn't until today that I finally went to Schoonover to have the brakes checked in my Jeep. I always thought they only completed body repairs, but listening to GL uh, is how I learned they also handled the usual maintenance on a vehicle. Anyway, I brought the Jeep in this morning, was expecting to leave at least $700 poorer, but... I was told the pads were only about 60% worn, didn't need replacement right away. They even stalled a headlight bulb I had brought in, no charge. Uh, We've had a couple of expensive bills this week, so not having to pay for new brakes was very helpful. I was, and here's where it gets great, Mike. I was raised with values of honesty, integrity, and loyalty. Schoonover was honest and didn't change the pads just to make a buck. They had the integrity to be honest, and now they have a loyal customer. In appreciation, the first thing I did when I got home was donate $100 to the Play for Patrick Foundation. Thank you, Schoonover. I wouldn't have gone there if it wasn't for GL. Mike, I have shivers right now. (laughs) That is a wonderful, wonderful email. And, wow, what a great customer review. How do you answer for yourself? (laughs) Well, There's no answer to that. That's just that's fantastic. Thanks for sharing that. I was wondering what you had up your sleeve here, Kenny, when you just said let's roll. So isn't that interesting? Uh, yeah, it is. It is. It, it really is. And I think that's where uh, I think that's where we really try our best to make sure that people feel comfortable, that we're transparent, that we're honest, because, you know, let's face it, my industry is not an honest industry, unfortunately. Well, it's guys like you that really reassures. That's exactly what I look for in a shop. Somebody who will tell me, yeah, you don't need, you know, you're going to need them eventually, but you're good to go right now. I love that. I love that honesty. Absolutely. Yeah, especially now, Kenny, when, I mean, he's right, you know, people are, you know, weekly is, the, the weekly budget is now very, very important again yeah, yeah. Uh, with everything that's going on in our crazy world. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that uh, we were able to, to, to get him taken care of in that manner. So that's awesome. That email made my whole day. GLers, uh, if you need glass, service, body work, oil changes, new tires, a pad on the back, do what we at GL and what Todd does. Go to Schoonover Body Works and Glass, 80 years strong in Shoreview, Open, honest, and the best shop in the metro. Schoonoverbodyworks.com. Thank you for that, earworm. me in the teeth because I deserve it. (laughs) Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Sushere. To quote my dear friend Matthew Mikulski, Yes. Stop wearing boring underwear. Yes. <laughs> Do you wear them in a circle? You wear these in a circle, Chill Boys? Chill Boys and ChillBoys.com have been proud supporters of the Garage Logic podcast for some time now. And I have to tell you, GLers, they are the most comfortable underwear that you will ever own. My favorite, in fact, the ones I'm wearing right now. See these, Joe? See the ones I have on right now? I'm not looking. Uh, they are the Chill Boys <laughs> Performance Boxers. They're cool, soft, and breathable. 
Chillboys.com. Hey, here's the best part, by the way. Uh, all of your orders that are over $40, those ship fast and free What if you've the entire been United States. in that sort of area? Not right? a problem. Okay. They will take care of you. Then, Kenny, you can order a pair of long johns if you're if that's the case, too. Oh, I would order a dozen pairs. You would order the walk with confidence pair. They also have a full line of, of performance t-shirts and new, they have socks as well, but see their entire lineup. Deal with the best customer service team around, and when you place your order, please let them know that you heard about them on the Garage Logic What are the podcast. socks for? Wearing? So, uh, <laughs> wait a second. They make them if you've been blessed. What about if your name is uh, Joe Souchere? Uh, you got, are you covered They got there? the mini models. They got them. Okay. <laughs> Say a few announcements. Wow. Uh, tomorrow is the 29th anniversary of the founding of Garage yeah. Logic. What are we going to do? How are we going to celebrate yeah. that, Joe? I'll tell you how. We're taking the day off. Oh. <laughs> what? We're going to take the day off tomorrow. So I want to throw in some ice out dates. Oh my, oh, my oh, oh my god! I'd rather come in Can and we just really? have one day, please? Well, even <laughs> even if I give you the ice out dates through the weekend, we'll still have ice out next week. Well, what day is May second? Monday. Monday. Oh well, no, I can't give you that one then. Uh, what day is? Uh, oh my God. Never mind. I won't do any. I'll wait till Monday. Oh, thank you. Oh. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. But now yeah. that you gave me that, that frees me up to tell you about the lousiest grill contest that's ever been invented. <laughs> Love it. While people are chasing the best grill ever invented, a Traeger grill from Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores, uh, Moe writes, after trying for days to register, I find out that I cannot win because I don't live in Minnesota or Wisconsin. <laughs> Joe, I live three miles from the Minnesota border. I am closer to the Twin Cities than half of Minnesota and most of Wisconsin. Would it be possible to have it delivered to the state line? I could meet the delivery driver and take a chance on crossing to pick it up. Maybe like a prisoner exchange at the DMZ in Korea. This contest (laughs) makes me feel less than as a listener. (laughs) In Jim writes, contest was too easy. With all the conversation of the failed contest, I just had to give it a try after watching the posted video of Joe's attempt. Took me 30 seconds and boom, done. Too easy. Keep up the good work and good luck, Jim and Brainerd. We're talking about guess the first Friday when we hit 70, uh, and you could win this Traeger grill. June 16th. Very popular. Could be July for all we know. It's a Traeger grill, top of the line from Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores. Here's John. Um, really quick. So do you think we've had a record number of entries because people want to see how bad the contest yes, is? I do. I think so. I think so. I have one concern. Yeah. What if multiple GLers pick the same date and time? That's are why the time to, is required. That are they going to have to share record. it? Don't, 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 don't even start hey, that. Hey, Greg, it's my it week with the trigger. Yeah. <laughs> it's like divorced parents and a kid. I got to take the trailer up to Hugo. Oh my God. <laughs> it's my weekend for the grill, pal. Here's John Hyde in the newsroom. Thank you, Joe. This uh, news update brought to you by ProfessionalTurf.com. Police show up just to uh, witness hey, 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 the hey, exchange. Bring the grill out now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got the grill, but we ain't got no gas. <laughs> you don't have to. It's a wood pellet grill. It's a lot of pellets. That's why we ain't got no gas. It's wood. <laughs> we got no. <laughs> That's what they told the guy anyway. Shut up, Gil. How do you make those uh, bullets? Uh, well, it's like rabbit poop. <laughs> Gil, have you watched any yeah. Twins games this year? No, not since the Bauer guy left. 
<laughs> they're like playing Joe. pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, they're winning. Here's John Height. Why, thank you, Joe. The Minneapolis Police Department Sponsor. is investigating. I already did it once. Should I do it, it again? again? Okay. Get it again. Professional, <laughs> professionalturf.com is bringing you, you this oh. news update. Thank you, David. Stafe. Hold on. I just wanted to say Stafe. <laughs> thank you. By the way, that was a car crash that did not involve me. Yeah. Are we starting yeah. over? No. <laughs> Minneapolis Police Department is investigating a fatal shooting in North Minneapolis. MPD Public Info Officer Garrett Parton said shot spotter activation and several calls reporting shots fired came in just before 6 o'clock last night near the intersection of 33rd Avenue North and Knox Avenue North. Officers then found a man believed to be in his early 20s with a life-threatening gunshot wound sitting in a vehicle. First responders took him to the hospital where he died. Investigators think the shots were fired from another vehicle driving through the area. Preliminary information shows that the shooter continued to fire even after hitting the victim, according to police. Investigators are also processing evidence at the intersection of Lowry and Knox Avenue North after the shooting, about a block away from where the victim was shot. Officer Parton employed the public to share any information they have about this with law enforcement. It's the 28th death that's being investigated as a homicide this year in Minneapolis. Uh, carjackers. They're either staying up late or getting up early. Brooklyn Park Police investigating an armed carjacking early this morning. According to the department, officers responded at 5.10 a.m. to the report of a carjacking in progress along the 2500 block of Brookdale Lane North. When they got there, officers found a person had recently started their vehicle, was walking back inside their house when they were approached by two male suspects. Police said one of the unknown male suspects pointed a gun at the victim. Suspects then took the victim's vehicle. The victim was not hurt. The incident remains under investigation. So, John, does it say, did they did they set, like like me, did they set their alarm for 5 a.m., 4 a.m., and then hit the snooze a couple of times and then struggle to the bathroom and take a shower and go out there and do it? Or were they, were they tweaking all night? I'm going to say they're up all night. Yeah. That, that's my view. Yeah. I don't know if it's How true, much trouble but... am I in if I shoot a carjacker trying to drag me out of my car? Um, I'm giving you a free pass. Are they using a fire? It gets yes. complicated. They have a firearm and I have a fire. Are you afraid for your life? Yes. Well, may the Lord be with you, sir. Okay. But if they're not armed, you are in a whole mess of yeah. trouble, I think. If there's a chance you can get out of it alive, I'd uh, I'd give that car up. Well, particularly this one, it'd be all right. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't own a car worth uh, willing to risk it. Worth worth dying. I'm gonna take a chance. <laughs> Starbucks workers in St. Paul are the first in Minnesota to vote to unionize. Employees at the Starbucks location along Snelling voted 14 to 1 Wednesday in favor of forming a union. That location was the first one in Minnesota to push for unionization. Several others have followed suit, including the Cedar Avenue, Minneapolis location, the site at 54th Street, Lindale South in Minneapolis, a store in St. Anthony, and the Mall of America location. One of the Minneapolis locations is set to re uh, release the results of their union vote in early May. According to Workers United, workers at over a dozen Starbucks locations have won union recognition across the U.S., and workers at more than 200 locations have filed for recognition. So I was talking to someone in the know and basically said, well, this will be the first Starbucks to close in the Twin Cities, yeah. right? Isn't that basically <laughs> do, we know, we, do we know the location of it? Yeah, um, which the first one here? Yeah. This one on Snelling? Is that the Marshall? It's on, it's on Snelling. Snelling and Marshall. Is that where the traffic's where always that tied up? Trouble, and, yeah. yeah. They were mad that they tore down trees. Uh, I, I know a gal um, 
very likable gal that works for Starbucks part time. I, I think she's in favor of this. I think well, she is. I would imagine so. Uh, back to your conversation though about carjacking and getting uh, pulled out of the car suit. You know what I'm most afraid of? Hmm. My mouth. Mm-hmm. I, I I cannot keep a civil tongue in my in my head, oh, and yeah. I'm afraid I'd say something that, that would end up getting me shot in the face. That's my problem too. Um, yeah. For some reason, I cannot control my tongue. As as I, you guys well well aware, we're aware. Yeah. Got it. In, in those situations, I always think I'd revert to sarcasm. I know yeah, that. I know I wouldn't because I'd be afraid, but, Would but you? I always think that's what I'd do. I have, oh, a, paranoid, I have a paranoid thought. Uh, I, oh, I, good. There's, there's been so many times I've almost gotten my ass kicked because I, I just can't shut my mouth. I <laughs> yes, wonder Joe. if some precaution should be taken to uh, always have your garage door opener on your person as opposed to clip to the visor. visor. That's been recommended, yeah. Uh, you know, take the car, but... I don't want you in my house. Especially yeah. if you park out. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's good advice, Joe. Yeah. Um, I have a friend that I used to bartend with. Yeah. Great guy. You guys, in fact, met him at the state fair. And uh, it, his daytime job was he was a special education teacher, and he had to deal with troubled teens in the Twin Cities. And his uh, game plan, if he was ever approached, and he's a big dude, was always to start using sign language. Yeah. And he was dead serious. Yeah. Meaning the, the the guys wouldn't know well, what do we do now? We can't really tell. I them. don't think that would. Uh, the problem is, what if you run into a thief that knows how to sign? No, I, no. <laughs> that's I mean, it'd be, that is, that's it'd one be, way to look at it. Well, what are the car. odds? You know, what are the odds? Oh, You're crap. away. Yeah. I think the best thing to do would be take Such's advice, trade everything you own in for cars with manual transmissions. Yep. <laughs> that car ain't going nowhere. I think, though, that uh, what I would do is I would just pretend I'm absolutely crazy. Like, <laughs> just start doing gibberish. I, I got news for you. <laughs> <laughs> just to freak. see. Like, You're the Tasmanian devil? Yeah, I go Tasmanian <laughs> devil. Oh, my God. If they get to the point where they're idea. threatening you, they don't care that you're nuts. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, <laughs> they might. Hold up. Wait a minute. Yeah. You say, something wrong with this Throw dude. Throw a fit. Yeah. I, uh, I foresee that uh, ending with, uh, remember, in the Raiders of the Lost Ark when Harrison Ford uh, shot the guy with the sword? Right. Oh, yeah. Is he going nuts and the guy going, eh. Yeah. Boom. We're better off without this idiot. Or there's also, you could go um, psycho on him. Yeah, I've been waiting for this a long time. <laughs> Bring it on, you son of a... You know, and then just see if they, like... And then you're going to go, you're just crazy. Boom. Yeah, boom. See this finger? Uh, Ain't no bullet in here. <laughs> I like your chick a lot, man. Yep. I yeah. don't even want to go anywhere now. I don't even want to get Here's in my the car. Deal. Here's the deal. With all the cars I drive, nobody wants to carjack mine. I think mine would not get taken because it's just a really not a very good color. Can you drive a manual? What uh, what current ride are we sport right now? Was this the one when the mayor walked in and checked every single gauge that you had? Uh, this is the Honda. This is the 06 Honda okay. that I bought from Matthew. Gotcha. Oh, what Such would do is he would insist on going along so he could coach him. Yeah. yeah. Tell him how yeah, to get exactly. there and how to you know treat how to get the to tranny. And... Don't take 94. You're going to go down here. I say, just happen. get in. I'll give you a ride. Let it warm up. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Don't be revving the engine. You know, we got to go over the river twice. So. <laughs> right. 
Excel Energy posted a 4.5% increase in first quarter profits over a year ago, topping Wall Street forecasts. Minneapolis-based Excel reported earnings of $380 million, or $0.70 per share, up from $362 mil, or 67% in the first quarter of 2021. The company's first quarter featured increased earnings from rate increases in some of its territories, partially offset by certain expenses, including interest and operating and maintenance. A higher income tax benefit in 2022's first quarter was instrumental in the year-over-year profit increase. Good news and bad news and economic news. The U.S. economy shrank last quarter for the first time since the pandemic recession struck two years ago, contracting at a 1.4% annual rate. But consumers and businesses kept spending in a sign of what economic experts are calling economic durability. The economy's overall decline in the January-March quarter does not mean a recession is likely in the coming months, according to those experts. Most expect a rebound this quarter as solid hiring and wage gains sustain growth. Meanwhile, the U.S. dollar is strong. The dollar headed for its best month in a decade as it renewed yen selling cemented the greenback's strength against major peers. I'd look all that up to see what it meant. Hor- after horrible no losses, the Dow's up 586 points right now. Did you say yen selling? Yeah. Against the yen, yeah, because the yen. It means if the dollar's strong, it means the dollar buys more internationally than any other uh, currency. That's and all we're that doing okay means. right now? We're the bat. We're number. We're, we're number one. What about those bastards up in Canada? How are they doing? Uh, I don't. I didn't look at that, Kenny. Sorry. America's hat. And you will get a full <laughs> report later on today with Mr. Money Talk. Oh, good. About that very thing. There you thing. go. Hey, John. Really quick, since you're doing the yes, John Height guitar news, we just had an email uh, pop into the inbox from Carl. May, may I just read it really quickly? Sure. On 426, John read a news story about Trump not going back to Twitter and was going to stay on his social media site, Truth Social. The story said Trump's site was not doing very well. I believe this kind of opinionated news reporting with no facts is causing what news to be discounted. <laughs> hey, Carl, um, his social media platform is not doing very well. In fact, aren't yes. they close to just shutting it down? I have no idea. But I, have not, I, uh, I have not visited it. You're not on Truth Social? No. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed this, but on occasion when there's stories about Donald Trump, if you read every fact involved in the story, there's a little portion of folks out there that think it's all made up. So no. That's, that's been my experience the last couple you of years. don't so. tell me. Well, what don't worry about that, because pretty soon it will go through the Ministry of Truth. Ah, right, yeah. filter, yes. Mm. What was the emailer's name? Because I have a simple one-word reply for him. That'd what be, was uh, <laughs> Carl. Carl? Noted. Oh, that's noted. Good. <laughs> that's a good word. Kenny sent. Oh, Metro Transit Police Chief Eddie Frizzell has been confirmed by the Senate as U.S. Marshal for the Minnesota District. Frizzell will serve the four-year term and replaces Ramona Doman, appointed to the post by former President Donald Trump. That's a fact, by the way. He leads the Minnesota District <laughs> operations of the country's oldest federal law enforcement agency, which oversees security for the federal court system and is tasked with arresting federal fugitives. Frizzell became Metro Transit's police chief in 2019 after a long tenure with the Minneapolis Police Department, where he served as a deputy, uh, deputy chief and inspector. A married couple who've been playing the lottery since their first date more than 30 years ago Aww. officially became the first 
to buy a jackpot-winning Mega Millions ticket in Minnesota. Wow. That's your game, isn't it, Rook? Yeah, I'll play. I'll play. play that one. Uh, Minnesota people did this? Yeah. Yeah, up in my uh, neck of the woods here. The lucky couple quietly redeemed their ticket Tuesday afternoon at State Lottery headquarters and opted for the $66.9 million cash option wow. before taxes. Wow. The prize winners declined to reveal their identity, which is now allowed under a new state law that lets winners of prizes over ten grand keep their names a secret. Honey, pack lottery. your bags. We won the lottery. Where, Where are we are going? going? I don't care, but pick a spot. <laughs> <laughs> but you're going. Lottery officials could not say if the couple were from Minnesota, citing a winner's state of residency is not public data, but the ticket was sold right up here by me, April 12th, at a holiday gas station off St. Francis and now then Boulevards in Ramsey. The couple bought their first lottery ticket while on a date sharing a pizza. Back on oh. April 17th, 1990, the day yeah, the state lottery sold its first scratch ticket. Ever since, ever since they've been playing the same numbers, uh, they do say uh, what they're going to you do. Got to have something to, to keep you together, I guess. <laughs> they're going to buy new vehicles. Usually, it's quit death. their jobs. <laughs> oh yeah, well yeah. <laughs> they're going to buy new vehicles, uh, go on vacations, and quit their jobs. So good. That that's exactly what I want yeah. all lottery winners to do. But, Nothing yeah. makes me more irritated than saying, "Oh, I'm going to keep my job and keep." Okay, after taxes, they get thirty million. I, I could live on that the rest uh, of my it was life. 30, I could do it. Yeah. But if you lived on a million a year for the next 30 years, you're paying taxes on the million you withdraw well, from the account. Hell, just an invest part of it, and yeah. you can live on that the rest of your life. Yeah, I guess. That's what, what you got the house about? paid for. Yeah, I'm kind of looking ahead. Are, are you trying to talk your way out of having $30 million? Yeah. Is what that what you're doing? No, yeah. he's, no, he's justifying no. why oh. it's okay that no. I haven't won. That's yeah. what he's, he's saying. He's doing the new thing. No matter how positive the news is, you always have to you're put right. a negative yep. spin on it. Well, I just Way to go, it, Joe. Yeah. Way to go, Joe. You're like the second page of the Star Tribune. I diluted, which today was just perfect, <laughs> by the way. Uh, here I have I it. I threw him off his game. No, Sorry. No, the second. Page two. Propaganda page two. Paul Harvey. Page we haven't two. discussed much the... Uh, a fifth of reptile species human rights department nearing kind of risk of, oh, of extinction. Right. Is that positive? Florida law it's confuses Disney board. Right. I'm we haven't discussed ahead. the uh, findings of the Minneapolis Police Department, have we, John? We're not. No, not at all. Well... Not at all. Okay. Well, I had it yesterday, though. Let's, so let's come back with that. Unless okay. you have something am, very am urgent, I done, you wanna, well, do you have something urgent that you would you wish a to tell us? In there, give us a kicker. I, 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 uh, I, 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 I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to just for Carl. Okay. Uh oh. Uh, there's a, two stories here, back to back. A couple of fruit stories on the campaign. I don't know if you saw this, but apparently Donald Trump worried that dangerous fruits would be thrown at him by protesters, according to newly released excerpts from his sworn deposition for an upcoming trial in New York. The former president said in a deposition, it's very dangerous stuff, talking about a fruit basket with tomatoes, pineapples, and bananas. He told the deposition. Which one of those fruits are dangerous? Which one of them All, all of them. He's, he said you can get killed with all those things. Is what well, he the banana the could poke your eye out. True. Uh, he, all of this is because uh, the deposition was, remember what he told his supporters to knock the crap out of any protesters? Mm -hmm. He said that's what he was worried about, that they were going to throw fruit at him. He said that they had uh, a heads up that the protesters were going to throw fruit in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I'll be damned. The lawyer followed with, how did you become aware that there was a threat? People were going to throw fruit. He replied, we were told. I thought Secret Service was involved in that, actually, but we were told. And you get hit with fruit. It's, it's very violent stuff. So we were on the alert for that. 
He also uh, talked about. You couldn't resist, about, could you, John? I couldn't. No, you well, couldn't. Well, it's because of Carl's. I know. It's all there is to it. Uh, and Trump, uh, Trump said uh, he didn't know if anybody had tomatoes in their possession when he was there. Mm. But he added, and this is, is very Trumpian, at the end he added, but my speech was very good. Yeah. You know what the Trump uh, administration should have done, John? They should have hired Royce. Nobody hates fruit more yeah. than Royce. Right. Hey, uh, open up your bag. We're checking for fruit that squirts. <laughs> Uh, you don't want to hit that D-bag up there with a uh, ripe tomato. <laughs> yeah. going to be going in there. Uh, sir, you refer to him as the Orange Messiah, by the way. The Orange Messiah, the orange yes. Messiah, yeah. Yes, he is. The Thank Orange you, Messiah. John. Yes. No, no, hang on. I'm not, oh, hang on. Not one more. Field, one more, Johnny. Johnny, Johnny give us one more. One more, Johnny. <laughs> one more uh, because it relates to the last story. French President Emmanuel Macron was pelted with tomatoes oh my. During, a, during a surprise visit to a socialist-held working-class suburb north of Paris. Tomatoes, not a fruit, by the way. Yeah, it is. It has yes, seeds. they are. Yes, they are. Oh, I thought it was a vegetable. Veg- mm-hmm. Well, it's a no, veggie it's a that squirts. I don't like that either. That, it's funny you should mention that, Joe. That was part of my previous story. The lawyers stopped in the middle of talking because they wanted to see if it was a fruit or a vegetable. Oh, they discovered it was a fruit. Uh, anyway, Macron's security detail had to open an umbrella to protect him from the flying fruit with bodyguards shouting projectile <laughs> yeah. as they tried to shield the leader. There's debris. Uh, there's debris. Reavers, how do you find uh, GL on Facebook, just in case? Uh, you want to log on? And maybe. Uh... <laughs> yeah, this weekend ought to be fun. Hey, Bert, Bert has a great point about the, uh, the John Thompson incident last Sunday. Yes. He said, I have a question. If this dip is intent on throwing his weight around, why didn't he take his kid down to the DMV and update her license and registration and engage in his loudmouthery there? You know, I need to get this paperwork updated, and I'm a congressman. Can you expedite the process? That's a great point. I guess he's just not a bright guy, Bert writes. Hey, Johnny, let uh, let the email department know that there's going to be an uh, influx of, uh, of uh, paperwork. Now, all of that he said under deposition, so it's all fact. I, I didn't make any of it up. So. You can get away from there all this go. up at Giant's Ridge. Please. <laughs> it's called escaping the noise of the rest of the world. you got two of the greatest golf courses in the state, if not the country, the legend and the quarry, the greatest value in Minnesota golf. they got those cool fin cycles, too, a single rider electric golf cycle. There's a 37-hole special all summer, June 4 to August 29. Play the legend and the quarry, 36 holes of Minnesota's best golf on one day with lunch at the Wakuda Grill on them between rounds and enjoy that lake view. It's one of the finest and most peaceful overlooks in all of northern Minnesota. You can view 3D course flyovers of the legend and the quarry at GiantsRidge.com and you can turn this into a vacation destination with water recreation, biking, hiking, and the newest and largest lift-serve mountain bike park in the Midwest. Great dining, great lodging, and more. And with uh, gas prices what they are and not necessarily going down and inflation what it is, maybe maybe you'll recast your vacation to stay <clears> within <throat> the boundaries of the uh, land of 10,000 lakes. Actually, it's about 14,000-something. We learned that last week. Right. Yep. Yeah, we learned it uh, just a few days ago. Just a few days ago. And Giants Ridge has a lot of lakes around there. It's <laughs> beautiful. GiantsRidge.com. 
You're listening to Garage Logic right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking to you about your business right now, telling the thousands of loyal GLers about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with the Garage Logic podcast. It's easy. Visit garagelogic.com now, enter keyword partner, P A R T N E R, fill out the form. We'll get in touch with you very quickly. Once me and the dummies start talking about your company, you're going to be amazed at how many GLs just start showing up. Easy to do. Do it right now. Visit garagelogic.com and enter keyword partner. Flashlight. Check. Tool belt. Check. Attitude. Check. He's going in. Joe Suchere. I still contend that's Rookie doing that liner. That sounds so much like Rookie when he's... Got a head cold thing going. That's because going. it was rookie. I'm not sure it does. Yeah, it sounds that's, a little off. Sounds a little yeah, off. A little southern draw. Uh, the reason most GLers <laughs> don't have a seafoam story is simple. They use seafoam. It's a wonderful product in a world of bad gas. And when you go ahead and add a gulp to every can you fill, when you take and go yep. and fill uh, a couple of gulps to every gas can you fill or oh. give your daily and occasional drivers an occasional treat. I did last night. Yeah, it's the best thing you can possibly do for all of those assorted cylinders. Assorted cylinders, you ask? Yeah, you know, ATVs, side-by-sides, motorcycle sleds, outboards, chainsaws, weed whips, leaf blowers, tillers. Uh, I could go on and on. Run them hard, put them away wet, and never worry about them because of those gulps of sea foam. Uh, you've probably heard us talking about Deep Creek, the penetrating oil, and it, it's a lube that works way better than anything else on the market. Um, actually, come to speak of it, uh, there's a wide range of sea foam products made to keep us, our vehicles, and our cylinders happy. A wonderful product in a world of bad gas. Seafoam. And remember, when you're using those machinery and stuff like that, always you want to say "stafe." Yeah. <laughs> the Minneapolis Police Department has engaged in a pattern of racial discrimination for at least a decade, including stopping and arresting black people at a higher rate than white people, using force more often on people of color, and maintaining a culture where racist language is tolerated a state investigation launched after George Floyd's killing found. The report, released Wednesday by the Minnesota Department of Human Rights, following a nearly two-year investigation, said the agency in the city would negotiate a court-enforceable agreement called a consent decree to address the long list of problems identified in the report with input from residents, officers, city staff, and others. It's a long report. I've read both accounts in, uh, in the St. Paul and Minneapolis papers. It's worth reading. And, and uh, Ruben Rosario, who has done really great work over the years in his column in the Pioneer Press uh, and paying great deal of attention to police affairs, has a great lead today. Job position coming soon. Wanted on both sides of the river. A police chief who is visionary, transformative, a change agent who possesses media savvy skills, institutes or maintains proactive crime control prevention strategies and improves upon community and race relations while at the same time earning the respect and buy-in from the rank and file. Inquire within, and as Ruben notes, good luck finding the person who checks all those boxes. I have a number of things to say about this. This quite clearly, and I think by by the admission of the Minnesota Department of Human Rights, this was compelled by the George Floyd murder. Are we pretty much in agreement about yes. that? Yeah. Yes. Okay, but they, they've identified a culture in which this disagreeable behavior exists. And it goes back a long time. 
So that means a lot of liberals never did anything about this. Uh, I will start with this statement. I think Fry is up against the wall, realizes there's no more uh, squirming away from this. He's got to deal with this, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and I think he's willing to. But, okay, he succeeded Betsy Hodges. Yes. Uh, she succeeded... RT. He succeeded... SSB, Sharon Sales Belton. She succeeded... Donald Frazier. What the hell? Culture develops over ages. Uh, police chiefs uh, during this time would be uh, uh, Arredondo, who just stepped down, and he succeeded... He was 2017 to 22. Yep. Uh, then Janae Harto. Janae Harto. She was in five years. Tim Dolan was in for seven years. And Bill McManus was in for five. All I'm saying is uh, Floyd's situation was the lightning rod for this study. But this behavior has existed, apparently, for years, and certainly not among all cops. But the be- And it was so viscerally driven home with Chauvin's knee on the neck. That, that was a visceral, visceral scene. Joe, we're playing verbal tennis, though. They're going to lob back at you and, and blame the likes of the police union and Bob Kroll, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, this is just going to be a back-and-forth argument. Uh, although I agree with you, I'm just predicting what we're going to hear back. Well, I have advice, and I'm going to say this on his behalf. I hope he doesn't get angry at me. If I was Minneapolis... I would make Todd Axtell an offer he can't refuse. He's stepping down in St. Paul. St. Paul doesn't have this culture. He has run a tight ship. Yes. Now, admittedly, I like the guy and I know him. And I've certainly never been arrested by him, so I have no reason. But (laughs) he wants to continue in public service in some capacity. And again, I'm going to put words in his mouth. He would never say this. He got tired of no support from his superiors. Okay, Fry is willing to give support to a new police chief, and they have to find the right one. I would go after Axdell in a heartbeat. Todd Axdell. It'd be a pretty good move. Yep. If well, it, if this <clears throat> continues, if this St. Paul's going to miss him terribly. Yeah, they're they're in big trouble. And I don't he know. He said who, he's going to miss it terribly. Yeah, he doesn't want to go. He's he's being forced out because he doesn't have support, as you say. I have a question. Mm-hmm. I didn't read the entire report. I did read both publications on both papers' website. Mm-hmm. Here's my question: the line that keeps sticking with me is, the cops are arresting. Was it? Did they use the term minorities, or did they use what? What term did they use? Well, I can um, find it for you. Yeah, they use minorities. They used That's people what I of color. Thank you. Okay, so used, the, the, yeah. the the study found that they arrested minorities at a higher rate. Than white people. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, isn't it safe? Isn't it safe to say? <laughs> Thank you. Isn't it safe to say that minorities are committing crime at a higher rate than white people? That dynamic has not been statistically explored. I think what the findings suggest is that, especially when you get closer to the country's tallest buildings, wouldn't that be the case? It could be, but it also could be that. Uh, motorists of color, for example, are stopped more often for negligible reasons than white motorists. Yeah, that's where and, the and argument about stuff dangling from the license, okay. uh, the, yeah. the mayor. Yeah, and that's that's all addressed in the report. Statistically, yeah, there's a horrible imbalance mm-hmm. that uh, people all of right. color are 
stopped but, more, arrested more. And I'm not going to uh, disagree with any of that. Um, and John, help me here. But uh, wasn't it? I guess where did we sit on the fact that this is how we find bad, the the real bad guys? What do you mean? But but Whether you can't a, assume what you're telling me. What I'm hearing you saying, and I know this isn't what you mean. Okay, is that if I'm a cop and I see a black person in a car, I'm going to assume that's a bad guy. Okay, you're as right. As opposed that, to that, a white that, guy. That is not what I'm saying. That, I know right. it's not. Yeah. I know it's not. But that's what. Uh, it know. sounds to me, though. Again, going back, uh, I hold these former mayors and police chiefs culpable. Uh, if this is a culture, it developed over a long period of time. Yeah, and uh, they let it go too long without addressing it. And they need a means in place of discipline that's meaningful. And uh, they need a means in place to not let the union call the shots. They need to get tougher on this. And, again, there's great people on the force, great people on the force. But for too long, apparently, the force was conducting itself in such a way that, and I'm sure this was a reasonably isolated example, but the force was conducting itself in such a way that we, the whole world watched Two years ago, a cop take down a black guy with his knee on his neck. Mm-hmm. And that's what unleashed all this. But what culture was it that, was, that, that could have uh, accommodated Chauvin even being on the force? Because we saw other incidents in his past that apparently he didn't suffer serious consequences for. Mm. You know, how many Chauvins are there? We don't know. Right. He, had, he, he was holding all the cards there. He was in charge. Back to your point about uh, police chief. Aaron Dondo is staying, isn't he? No, no, he's stepping down. No, there's an interim. No, no it's. Uh, I got you. Okay, Amelia Huffman is the interim. the interim. Okay, my mistake. Seven takeaways from the state's uh, Minneapolis Police Department report. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go through these. The first one: the probe found numerous racial disparities. I think we just covered. We that covered one. that one. Number two: officers used fake social media accounts. Now I know among us uh, there's some disagreement on this. I. Um, I love it. I don't know what the I, I don't I, I love that, that I love that cops are on social media looking for bad guys. John, you had be. a different point. Well, I agree that they should be, and they should be, for instance, known gang members, that sort of thing. They should be following them on social media, but they were following and going and commenting on things NWACP. NAACP. Uh, There's N-double-A-C-P. no there. yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And, AACP, uh, the Urban League, uh, in other words, organizations. So they organizations. were doing, doing to, for lack of a better word, to the community what I go, I do to you hoopleheads all the time. They were casting <laughs> bait, right? Mm-hmm. They were fishing, casting bait. Yeah. All right. Yeah, maybe not do that. NWA, by the way, was a sweet hip-hop group in right. the late 80s. Oh, love them. Uh, number three, officers frequently used racist and misogynist language. I don't know. I think we can all agree that's pretty uncool, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, you know, let me interrupt you. Viti- is it Vitricia? V- uh, Latricia, Latricia Vita, Vita, who I admire uh, because I sensed in her some garage logicianship, and I heard her interviewed on the radio this morning. Uh, that she said, not that I would expect her to defend the police, not at all, but uh, I, I, I suspect she has a sound, she's a sound thinker, and she said, look, the bottom line for me is nothing in this report surprises me as a black woman in Minneapolis. I think a lot of black people in Minneapolis would say that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number four, M, uh, Minneapolis police continues to emphasize paramilitary training. I... I don't have personally have a problem with this. Uh, I, I want to see all of my officers 
male and female, all color, all sizes, being trained in the latest uh, techniques, even if that includes paramilitary. Yeah, but I think it's paramilitary the has been banned from that. It, it's the mindset that worries me. We mm-hmm. don't have to go into full beast mode for every single situation. Right, I couldn't agree more, and often think that if you didn't go into full beast mode, it would be much easier to de-escalate right. certain situations. Yes. Right, like we saw over the weekend with uh, what's his name's uh, daughter. Th- that that was a pretty calm situation. Right, I don't think ha- well, I don't think guys showed up with bulletproof vests and helmets. And well, they, they they have to wear bulletproof vests, but yeah, whatever, I see shields yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. Failure to hold officers accountable for misconduct. Well, well this is inexcusable. Well, right, and that's levels. where I'm pointing out that that evidently is over a long period of time under different mayors and different chiefs. Yeah. And, and same with the next one, Suchi. You're, you're saying uh, for leadership has not addressed discrimination no. with urgency. No. That, that's absolutely inexcusable. And then um, the state will, well, must pursue court-enforced changes. It's a damn shame that we had to let it get so far that they're court-enforced. Right, and I think that's called a consent degree. And basically what that amounts to is that the police department will have to sign a contract uh, where they have to live up to certain uh, codes in the contract that apparently would be answerable to the Department of Human Rights. And that's where I hate to gang up on the guy, but I, I agree with you about Todd um, Todd Axtell. He would this would be handled if he was in charge. Mm-hmm. I'd go after him if I was Minneapolis. That's all points, uh, seven points from the paper. Don't forget, we also still have a Department of Justice investigation yep. being done yep. on the Minneapolis Police Department. So we'll have another report in who knows when within the next year, probably. Yeah. Do you have any faith in the mayor in this uh, case, Joe? Uh, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt to this point. Uh, he's he. I think he's going to be accepting of the fact that this this buck has to stop with him. It missed uh, it missed Betsy Hodges and it missed RT and it missed Don Frazier. It missed the other police chiefs. If it didn't miss them, they certainly were successful in. Uh, sweeping it under the rug, and I think he's willing to not sweep this under the rug. I hope that little junior G-man mayor is working 15-hour days because he's got a lot on his plate, you know. But again, we've mentioned this a thousand times on this show. You can have all of the rules, regulations, guidelines, whatever you want inside your police department, whatever candidate they decide to hire, but when your pool of candidates for actual patrolmen is dwindling as we speak... It doesn't matter what guidelines you have because you've you've created this uh, environment where you've demonized police to the point where no one wants to do the freaking job anymore. So what are you saying that if uh, some uh, S heels show up and apply for the job, we're forced to take them? Well, that's just it, Kenny. I mean, the no, whole mode, that, that doesn't excuse. No, I, that's what I, I know, and that's what I'm saying, Joe. They can put every piece of legislation they want in this, but it's going to come down to. Who actually wants to do the job anymore? That doesn't excuse they have to develop standards that have not been established over the last five mayors and last five police chiefs, and then we could make the presumption, unfortunately, back to the beginning of time. The George Floyd murder so raised consciousness about police behavior, and I think more police did not obviously behave, but it so raised consciousness about the behavior that this study was inevitable. It's 72 pages. It's very hard to dispute any of this. 
and they've got to, it's Fry's problem now. It's Fry can't can't get away with what the other mayors got away with, and the new chief can't get away with the other what the other chiefs maybe maybe got away with is the wrong term. What the other chiefs and mayors ignored. Mm-hmm. And for the love of Pete, stop passing the buck and placing blame. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. Just deal with it. Uh, it's interesting to note that this has to be dealt with by a uniformly progressive group of Mysterians who are terribly incompetent. Well, and that's why I have zero. I mean, I know you have confidence. I have. I none. don't have any confidence in this progressive group of incompetent people, with the exception of maybe uh, Vita and maybe one other. I, I just, I mean, look at their behavior. That's they're, what I'm saying. I got, I have no confidence whatsoever. They're, they're used to a progressive, mysterious view of the world in which the ideology is you really don't have to be responsible for so, much. So now they're facing something terribly serious. They're not equipped. They're not equipped historically, intellectually, right. spiritually, any way to deal with it. They're not equipped with it because this is a real problem, and they don't even face and acknowledge real problems because they don't believe in them. And that just drives Reaver's point home even further. Who in their right mind is going to apply for that gig? Mm-hmm. Why would you? Mm-hmm. They would if you got a guy like Axtell. Yeah. Well, the the chances increase. Yes, I would agree with that. He's know, a St. Paul guy, it. isn't he, Rook? Yeah. That'd be a real culture shift for him to go to Minneapolis. St. Paul born and bred, isn't he? Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah. Or is he like Ruck? He's never been to Minneapolis? Yep. <laughs> He's been to Minneapolis. Just kidding. to go to just to go but to Nokomis. Right? Why would Todd get in bed with that crew of liberal left leaning crybaby miscreant? pandas because because a he's already working in that environment in st paul and b he would be switching to a city where the mayor i believe would give him full support and that's the way the um governing is going in minneapolis we're going with a strong mayor system Mm -hmm. there so then all the problems from minneapolis would just shift to st paul i like your plan joe (laughs) (laughs) hey i want to it's just a shame we're losing x still just a shame I want to hook the GLers up. If you need, no, nope, feel like Brainerd High School. I feel like Brainerd, I should, Brainerd High School. Yep, I'll be damned. I oh really? He's a kid. <laughs> uh, bachelor's degree at Metro State in St. Paul. So he's uh, he was up north. What, what year? He, so is he? Uh, he's in a fairly his 50s? young guy. He's in his fifties. Uh, yeah, he began his career in law enforcement with the Breezy Point and Pequot Lakes uh, departments in 1988 as a police officer. In 89, he joined the St. Paul Police Department. Oh, uh, well, if that's the case, I, I'm going to I'm going to ask him to do what I did: move back home. It's way better up here, Todd. <laughs> it's way better. Uh, GLers, do you need a hookup? If you need some really, really good grass. Uh, all of us here at GL can hook you up with a Minnesota-grown lawn care company that knows that dandelions, mystery weeds, bare spots, blight, completely unacceptable. Professionalturf.com, the simple answer. If you want service text with 20 years of service, 20 years or more, uh, text that they're going to throw down a combination, a combination of environmentally friendly weed killers, slow-release, long-term fertilizers, granular and liquid, Visit ProfessionalTurf.com, and while you're there, like I've been saying, take a little gander at their landscape projects, and don't forget that uh, irrigation system, too. If you want a brand-new one put in, uh, the one you have serviced, repaired, whatever, 
But I promise you, you get this grass program going, you're going to have the best lawn on the block. It's our one stop for exceptional landscape irrigation and uh, everything you need for your lawn, professionalturf.com. Another way to say this, I'm willing to continue this discussion, and I think we will be in the weeks to come. But another way I would say this is the, the five former mayors and five former police chiefs, and if you want to go back farther than that, that's fine with me, they have nothing to be proud of in this regard. Yeah, you're nothing, right. Nothing. Oh, but that's not what you get if you I know. if you check out Betsy Hodges on Twitter or RT on Twitter. Oh my God, are they sanctimonious? I know. Oh they are. my word! Yeah, well, they're culpable and they have nothing to be proud of. We're celebrating our anniversary tomorrow by not being here. That's why the scramble is on now. It's the scramble! A lot of ice outs in the next three days, but we will conclude our ice out report next week. Really? So there'll still be some to uh, reveal next week, but you'll lose some... uh, Minnetonka and White Bear Ice tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday. Only because they come to us all the way from Gatwick in the UK, from the Traveling Lymans. It was on this day in 1849 that James James M. Goodhue... (laughs) How do you spell that? Was that that a Roycey thing or just a stroke? Wow. (laughs) Yes, sir. On this day in 1849, James M. Goodhue published the first issue of the Minnesota Pioneer, the territory's first newspaper. It was probably thicker than today's Pioneer Press. <laughs> and today, on this day in 1871, observers claim to have seen a lake monster swimming Ooh. in Lake Pepin. Ooh, in Lake Pepin. Okay. I remember that from this day in history. You do? Well, we had it last year on this day. So oh, been, okay, I got you. It was like gotcha. a year ago. In 1882, on this day, Frank McManus, charged with molesting a four-year-old girl, I guess it's evil's been around for a long time, huh, is lynched by a mob at the old Central High School in Minneapolis. Oh, boy. Uh, I don't have a problem with that. Well, uh, I do if he was lynched without a trial. Well. well, On this day. uh, Okay. Now that I've thought about it for a few minutes, (laughs) a few seconds. I completely and fully retract yeah. that last statement, yeah. which was a, a passionate, uh, yeah, yeah. I Sorry, mean, it was reactionary. 18, it was 1882. I, it's very reactionary. Yeah, whatever. And, uh, definitely on, wrong. On, and, on this day in 1916, Arbor Day is renamed Loring Day, and over 1,000 elms hmm. are planted in honor of Charles M. Loring, visionary of Minneapolis Park System. I thought Worth, I thought Theodore Worth was the bad guy in the park system. For for uh, building developments and all the peatland staff, anyone? I'm trying anyone? to. I'm trying to. Anyone? Re- I, I, I'm trying I, I, to rethink I, I that. I thought he was. Theodore Worth was. Thank you, G. Ellers. Yeah. You got it. I you got it. it. Did you get it? Okay. You got. It. Happy 29th tomorrow. Next yep. time. 29th anniversary of G. L. Tomorrow. What do we do on the first show? You left, left early. early. Oh, left you early. left early. Yeah, yeah, you left early in the first show. I had to go to a did. baptism. And then Rookie showed up late. Yeah.
I was late to the game. Late to the game. Nothing's changed in 29 years. Nothing has changed. However, something has changed with podcasts. You can find your podcast selection at PodMN on your smartphone. Get the app PodMN on your smartphone, and you'll have a library of podcasts to choose from. You can also give us a follow on Facebook, a follow on Instagram, and you can go to YouTube and subscribe to the Garage Logic YouTube page for a little insight and information that you cannot get anywhere else. That's at the Garage Logic YouTube page. Thanks for being so loyal for so many years, GLers. Almost three decades. Cha! That deserves a cha. cha. Just an outright cha. cha. It is that time once again here in Garage Logic where we pick up that phone and we make that call to our guy, Mr. Money Talk. Josh Arnold is with us once again. GLers, now is the time for you to do the same and make that free 48 minute financial conversation phone call by doing just what I did. Pick up that phone and call 952 925 5608. That number, once again, is 952 925 5608. You call that number and you get Josh. And you're also going to get straight talk. You're never going to get sugar coated advice. And Josh is on the line with us. And Josh, today's a big day for NFL fans for the NFL draft, but for you, it's a big day for your favorites, Apple and Amazon. What do I know about the NFL? For all I know, Amazon could cut a big deal with the NFL so you could watch the NFL on Thursday night. Maybe they get another deal. And Apple cuts a deal not only with Major League Baseball, but they cut a deal also with the NFL for maybe Monday night football. It's going to get a lot of people interested and going to get a lot of activity in Las Vegas. And if we just stick with that, I can tell you that Boyd Gaming, a regional player and a locals player in Las Vegas, reported better than expected earnings and sees betters coming in at a pretty good clip, even with gas prices up. Their uh, occupancy rates are getting better, and they're still in expansionary position. Boyd has a deal with a little company called FanDuel on sports betting, fantasy sports, and online gambling. That should pose some positive push towards favorites Caesars Palace and Penn Gaming, both of which are down substantially from their highs a year ago. I still like both, but as a percent in the portfolio, they've obviously shrunk along with everything else, but it's just a matter of how much. In terms of shrinking, you know that I have been pounding the table to avoid, yes, avoid, A-V-O-I-D, investing in any bond or bond funds as those have fared worse in this environment. I know most advisors talk about, all oh, yields are going up, and that's wonderful if you own bonds because you're going to get more interest. Well, that's wonderful. That's just wonderful. But the value of your fund has gone down. Just look at one treasury fund, TLT, shrinking this year. That's shrinking from $146 a share at the beginning of the year to $120 a share as we speak. If my math is right, that's about a 17% drop in value. That's a little bit more than favorite Apple's decline year to date. And speaking of favorite Apple and second favorite Amazon, they report their earnings tonight after the close. They are up 
currently on the backs of a better-than-expected number coming from Meta, also known as the football, FB, that's Facebook to you, that are unadorned, and Qualcomm, a chip manufacturer. I'm looking for Apple to do a little bit better than most analysts expect when they report this quarter on the strength primarily of the iPhone 13 and the iPhone 13 Pro, which has been a big, big seller. Services business should be up as well, but I do expect Apple to be very, very cautious with their guidance, particularly given that China has been in a state of lockdown for many of their major cities, and that could impact negatively Apple's iPhone sales there. Though I did see a report this morning, my iPhone competitor, Huawei, that indicated that Apple's sales for phones in China were up 4.4% from last quarter to to this. So that could be a positive, plus T-Mobile also indicated some positive positive reports with their subscribers. Again, that could bode well for iPhone sales. My caution is going forward. Amazon, that could be a real toss-up with concerns about the growth of Prime subscribers, which I do believe will continue to be good even with the price increase. And Apple's services business, including Amazon Web Services, Amazon's advertising, and Amazon's logistics business, should report some positive news. Again, the concern will be what their guidance is into the next quarter, particularly with higher interest rates and the potential for consumers possibly to cut back on spending. So please be a little cautious. I am a buyer of both stocks on any on any pullback. I would be very happy if Apple and their report increases their dividend and share buyback. Very good, Mr. Money Talk. You heard him, GLers. It's the time is now for, to, for you to make that free 48-minute financial consultation phone call by doing just what I did. Pick up the phone and call 952-925-5608. Straight talk, never sugar-coated advice. Josh, once again, thank you so much for the time in the chat. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk.